Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's short track racing is where all racing started. I mean, it's even the NASCAR world started short track racing back in the day. And we just want to tell a great story. to, And to, not a story. We want to tell factual guidelines. Hear the unfiltered, honest stories of how grassroots racers have and can achieve their racing goals. Fast Car to NASCAR. Hosted by NASCAR driver Mike Wallace. On the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Here we go. Welcome to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace, part of the Speed Sport Podcast Network presented by Crosley. My name is Jeff Kent. Strap yourselves in. Pull those belts tight. We take you on a journey from short tracks across America to super speedways and everything in between. Today's guest really needs no introduction, but he's getting one because it's kind of my job. Uh, USAC Silver Crown Champion, USAC Sprint Car Champion. NASCAR Cup Series from 1984 to 2013, 1985 Rookie of the Year, 1989-90 Bush Clash winner, 1988-89-90 Daytona 500 pole winner, four wins, 184 top tens, 23 poles in the Cup Series, two wins, 39 top tens, five poles in the Xfinity Series. I'm getting winded. He currently races on local dirt and asphalt tracks around the country while driving part-time in the ARCA Racing Series. Owns a dirt late model and a dirt open-wheel modified car. He owns Federated Auto Parts Raceway in Missouri and is co-owner of Making Speedway in Illinois, along with Kenny Wallace and Tony Stewart. Mike Wallace's great friend, Kenny Schrader. How are you? Uh, we're, we're fine. The only thing that was screwed up there was... Only four cup wins, so that don't really mean much. Okay. Well, <laughs> hey, blame, blame Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, does it say, is it only four cup wins? Is that what you're saying is wrong, or that number's wrong? 
No, it's right, but it isn't much for as long as you were there. Yeah, but you know, can I? The great part is that's four more than most people have ever won. So, Ken Schrader, that's a long damn time, dude. That's an awesome resume. You should be you should be very proud. You should be. That's a uh, that's one that's a Hall of Famer right there, man. So uh, nah, yeah, it just means you're old. Is all that means. (laughs) Well, speaking of being old, it says you were born in May 29th, 1955. That was two years after Ben Hur. Yes, I, mem- I remember my dad taking me to watch Ben race. And, uh, he had a very was, fast chariot. Ben was really good. Uh, you know, a couple years ago, my wife was at the cathedral over in well, we're in heck that Rome or wherever, and uh, she called me up, said, "I can't believe." you didn't come over here with us. You know, they used to race here. And I said, well, I'm in Paducah, Kentucky, and they're still racing here. So it must be a bigger deal. (laughs) That's perfect. Well, Kay Schrader, you and our families have known each other forever. So letting everybody know that ahead of time, our fathers used to race together. But the the great thing about it is everybody knows who you are. I mean, let anybody associated to the motorsports world. Uh, Jeff, when you think Ken Schrader, the word name Schrader is like, Everybody you know, knows. Everybody I know who knows anything about racing knows the name Ken Schrader. Yeah, and he's probably if you put it in overalls from the AJ Foyt and Mario Andretti, he's one of the top three, right in that number of the most versatile drivers in the U.S. So, uh, good job, Schrader. Well, it's just uh, I was trying to keep from get a jo- uh, keep from getting a job, so I drove everything I could. <laughs> That's why I stayed in the radio business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, then when I found out if you passed more cars, they paid you better, then we started really trying to do better, you know? <laughs> well, that, that, that's a good model there. I never thought about it quite that way. But yeah. the part of this show, Kenny, is to take everybody that's listening back to who was Ken Schrader before who was Ken Schrader it is today. So early years of racing, how did you get even get involved in motorsports? What what did you do? You know, we know, you know, you're a little kid, you're riding a bicycle, you're doing whatever. What's the next steps before you ended up, I believe, racing at Lake Hill Speedway? Uh, yes, sir. That was it. Uh, we started in 71. I just, I turned 16 on a Saturday and raced Sunday, which then 16 was young. Uh, you know, it's obviously not anymore uh, to start racing. But my my daddy had raced forever uh and his automotive repair shop was next to Lake Hill Speedway in the outside suburb of St. Louis there. And, I mean, there was always a race car there as long as I can remember. And I just, I, that's all you wanted to do. Like, you know, growing up at your place, Mike, there was always there was always a race car around there. And your dream was to go play with it, you know. So the first race car you had was a what? Year model, a, car number. A 1964 Impala, which a good friend of ours, uh, Jerry Sifford, uh, was obviously, I mean, a close friend of uh, your all's family. Uh, they, uh, It was his car for a couple years before, and he built a new car, and we inherited his 64 Impala. So your race, first race car is a 64 Impala. You... Since we've known each other forever, correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, Kenny. 
they would leave the repair shop, literally drive out of the driveway, make a right, make another right, and they were inside the racetrack. Yeah, the racetrack. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. It was it was less than a quarter mile, and uh, Dad's shop was right there. And they, he would drive over with the, you know, with everything you needed then in the in the little uh, Chevrolet truck. It had a toolbox, a jack, a couple jack stands, two or three spares, and that was about it. So at that time, though, you had everything you needed, right? That's all you needed to race. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's all anybody else had. Plus, if we needed anything else, it was back at the shop, and it was you know half mile away after you got on the parking lot. <laughs> hey, I got. I want to date back in time, and I just heard this story about two months ago, and I want you to confirm it or deny it. I was talking to your sister, sister Sharon, while I was in St. Louis, and we got to talking, and. Uh, she was telling me back in that era, and very few of us knew that. I didn't know it until I talked to her the other day. That she was quite an avid roller skater, and as yes, you were, she was really good. As you were getting everything that you needed to drive your race car, she said she asked for a new pair of wheels for her skates, and you went kind of off on her, saying she didn't need dad didn't need to spend that money on skates or for wheels. Is that true or not? She claims it is. Mike, that was one of the biggest mistakes I ever made in my life. <laughs> Tell me I about it. I should have. Well, we were at breakfast on a Sunday, and Dad used to cook breakfast on Sundays. And we was sitting there eating. She said something about a set of wheels for her skates, and I forget how much they were, but it sounded ridiculous to me. So I, I voiced my opinion, and that didn't work out too good. It was a, it was a life life lesson. Yes, yes, she's a hundred percent. She's a hundred percent right on that. Well, I'd never heard that before, and it was, it was we've known each other forever. And Kenny's uh, sister Sharon's tearing up the uh, the car, car show area in St. Louis, <laughs> Illinois. She's got a nice little truck she's winning with. She and we ran into each other. She said, "I got to tell you this story." And I said, "Well, you wait next time till I get Schrader in front of a group of people. I'm going to bring it <laughs> yeah. up." So this is as close oh. as I got. <laughs> yeah, it, she was. She told you right. Okay. So you go to Lake Hill Speedway, you've got your, your Impala, you're right outside the racetrack to keep the car, and I remember Kenny Schrader ran well from day one. It, tell us about we, it. We, well, you know, we, we, had a really, we had a really good car. Uh, I mean, it, you know, it was a late mile the year before, which they were starting to come in with all the Chevelles and Camaros and stuff then, but uh, it, it was a good car. It sat in the grandstands forever. You kind of knew what to do. So we wound up, uh, we had a, we had a real good year the first year. And uh, then we put wide tires on it <laughs> and ran as a late model the following year. So tell me how you came up with the, the car. Had Jeffy had number 100 on the car. That's odd. Yeah, yeah I didn't know if he just... just Many was a hundred percent dude, you know, he's all in or got it. So how did where did number one hundred come from? That was Daddy's number forever. Okay. Uh Daddy was number one hundred and so we just made the car number one hundred. Uh and as long as I owned the late models at the at the start for quite a while, they were number one hundred. And then as you started winding up trying to scrounge up uh, more sponsorship you realize that that number didn't need to be that big so <laughs> i have never i've never been uh very very 
partial to to a number and still not right now our cars are all number nine we just kind of wound up there and it's a nice single digit and doesn't take up much room so uh, but when i started you know 100 seemed like the number yeah well it was it was cool back then still cool looking at some old pictures i was looking at the other day of it but uh, so you win your winning races and you win the street stock championship or sportsman division in I believe it was 71. And the only mm-hmm. reason I yes, sir. only reason I know that I at the same racetrack, I won the sportsman championship in 1975. What do you think about that Schrader? We How about some... that? Yeah. <laughs> right. So that we, mean we're both, we both ran now? that track. We both closed that track up. Yep. <laughs> Wasn't just me. You were responsible too. I got you. So after the great success at Lake Hill Speedway, uh, which is located in Valley Park, Missouri, which is just a suburb of St. Louis, a west suburb, what's your next step? What's Kay Schrader's next move from uh, local hometown racing? Well, it, actually, Mike, the, the third night I ever ran, uh, I ran at Rolla. Really? And, yeah, we uh, I didn't have a trailer. I mean, we, we didn't have a trailer. Everything was daddy's uh we didn't have a trailer tom hannick hauled us down there but dean roper kept asking me kept asking me the first two weeks i ran he said you need to go to Rolla on saturday night and i said oh daddy never let me do that this the second week i ran he he said uh you need to come down there next week and i said dean he won't he won't let me do that that place too big and fast which you know it seemed like mm-hmm. big at the time he said, you remind me after the races, and I'll talk to him. And Daddy, uh, I, Dean was leaving. I ran down there and stopped him. I said, hey, <laughs> Mr. Roper, you said you'd talk to Daddy? He said, yeah, I did. Hold on. So he went back concession stand, got a six-pack of beer, and found Dad, and they sat on the bench. And <laughs> the next next morning, Dad said, I think we're going to Rolla next week. So uh, we just we stayed, you know, Lake Hill and Rolla, and then I wound up running uh, Bob Miller's uh, 65 or 64 Galaxy at Granite City one night and fell in love with the dirt. Wow. So did everybody realize, he says Rolla, Missouri, or Rolla, was a racetrack. It was about 100 miles west of St. Louis, and but it was a half-mile racetrack. Mm-hmm. So it was yeah, like, well, they told, they told us it was a half-mile. Yeah. It wasn't, but they told us it was, and we didn't know any better. Yeah, so was it bigger or smaller, do you think, Schrader, than a half-mile? Oh, it's a lot smaller. That's what I thought. Okay, I was yeah. – what did they say? That's a half-mile on the outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> about 50 feet outside the wall, it would be a half-mile. All right, so you fell in with fell in love with dirt racing after driving Bob Miller's car over Tri City. Then yes, then, then the dirt has got um, you now. Yeah, except we're still running Lake Hill every week, uh, and started traveling a little bit, and then uh, in '74, I guess it was um, Bud Hoppy, who was a very very prominent midget driver around at the time but oh bud's pushing 50 maybe and uh i i saw him at lunch and now this is when i'm skipping school and going to dairy queen at lunch and he was doing excavating work close to there and i said mr hoppy i'd sure like to hot lap that midget sometime and 
I stayed on him for a couple of weeks and he let me, because the midgets used to run at Lake Hill some, and he let me hot lap it one night. And I didn't hit anything when we hot lapped. We only made half a dozen laps. So he let me start in the back of the feature. And we didn't do bad. We, we run the sixth, I think. And the next week, we run second. And now I are a midget driver. You now you are. <laughs> well, you know what's funny about that, Kenny? You know how people's careers parallel paths. You said you went and hung out at the Dairy Queen, skipping school. This was in manchester yep. yeah well we talked to tony stewart on our first show and he ended up at the dairy queen in his early years of uh who midgeries. didn't skip school and go to the dairy queen you know what i mean <laughs> we had a tasty well, food I too much. i lived in a big city yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. You, you become a midget racer there then at that point yeah yeah so now i mean oh my gosh i can run my midget or run bud hoppy's midget i can run uh uh, the late model, a couple people let me drive the dirt car every now and then. And then a couple years later, I got to, uh, someone let me drive her sprint car. Whoa. And uh, I think in 78. That worked out pretty well. I'll tell you what, we're talking to Ken Schrader. We'll come back and we'll follow Ken Schrader's career from the dirt tracks and the sprint cars and whatnot all the way all the way up to NASCAR. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the Crosley Speed Sports Studios. This is Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. My name is Jeff Kent. Today's guest, the one and only Kenny Schrader. Take it away, Mike. Well, Kenny, I, I realize we're going to have to speed this whole conversation up because we can talk for days about your careers, but... Let's talk about after the mid. You got in that midget. You were late model racing. You were, you know, you were racing around town. What's the next big move in Ken Schrader's career at that point? Um, I got to drive a sprint car. Wow, what was that like? How did that happen? Uh, well, I had to marry his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Good move. That's always a power move. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very. I mean, very good racing family the danny fry uh in st louis area and we uh got to drive a sprint car ronnie king uh quality transmission was a sponsor it was a wednesday night show at grand city he gave us he gave us 50 bucks easy ed made some decals going to hood scoop i think they only cost about 15 or 20 so it was you know a 30 35 hour sponsorship and uh we went to Grand City and run the first race that I got to run that night. And uh, it just kind of got hired to drive some other people's sprint cars after that. It, but it, you know what? That was probably, it was probably 78. I have to check for sure. It might have been 77. So, so what's that feel like? I mean, from a, the person that never is driven, you get out of it, you go to a stock car, to a midget, then all of a sudden in a sprint car. What, can you explain that in any way or not? Well, now here's the deal, and you know this. <laughs> I, you know, we 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 both had some pretty good jobs. You know, nobody ever gave me an IQ test. <laughs> <laughs> that that thing, you sit down in there, any of them, and it's only got a steering wheel and a couple of pedals that really do anything important. It's just not that hard. You just, you know play with your feet and 
do some steering and uh, just I'm just saying, though, dude, it, it's a lot of steering, isn't it? I mean, you know, if you're driving a sprint car on dirt, especially you throw it into the turn, right? Well, if you've never done it, you sure don't throw it in. So <laughs> no, I, I never have. We kinda, no. <laughs> we, yeah. Well, I mean, when I hadn't, you know, when I had done it, I didn't throw it in. Now, when I was climbing in that midget to high lap it for the first time, they said, be very careful. This thing steers really quick. And I'm thinking, damn, I'm sitting here. I can see the front tires, you know. I know not to turn them too much. But, uh, no, it's just I've never – you just go from car to car. And I guess just because we've done it so much, you know, and we're still getting to run a lot of different stuff. But uh, I just – it just never seemed like it was that hard a deal. And we've done it since the start. It's not like – we ran 20 years and decided we wanted to run a sprint car. So the consensus is it's no big deal. He's got it covered. He's a midget driver. He's a sprint car driver. Right. He's I'm just a driver. Just I'm a just driver. a driver. He's a, I'm just a young kid not wanting to work. You know what? You know the, the, the greatest highlight I looked at? He's an American professional racing driver. Yes, he is. Yes. yes. Huge compliment to you. Hey, hey we won 500 bucks saturday night racing with we want to race down poplar bluff missouri so it's not like a need to money or nothing no yeah. that's another 500 bucks <laughs> well i won 500 bucks playing poker saturday night so there you go but, yeah but, <laughs> you made yeah, the headlines of social media <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> i had to uber over there and back so <laughs> yeah so I, I gotta get. That's funny. I, I need to fast forward because we're gonna not get to the good. The, the we're all good points right now. So in your, you end up running really, really good in that sprint car and silver crown car, and you win a championship in in both. Correct. Uh, in, uh, yes, eighty two, in the silver crown car, eighty three, in the midget, which I felt kind of, kind of half ass proud of because. We don't, the only year we raced all the races and ran for the championship was 83 in the sprint car division. We won it. And we ran two years in the Silver Crown where we ran all the races. We won it in 82 and finished uh, second to Gary Bettenhausen in 83. Well, that's incredible. I, I do want you to tell a story, if you don't mind. Back, uh, and you can describe it better than I, there used to be a race out of Phoenix called the Copper Classic. That, I believe, it was sprint cars, midgets, so forth. And Schrader was the king of the Copper Classic, literally, from everybody. He always ran well out there. But I remember one week we're at our little shop that my brother Rusty had, and Schrader walks in on a Monday or Tuesday, and, God, he was scary looking. <laughs> he was horrible looking, man. He had blood coming out, literally blood in his eyes. Schrader, tell us what happened out there at Phoenix. Yeah, that was... Uh... Oh, shoot. I just happened to know what year that was. That was 82. And that was at uh, Manzanita. Okay. At, uh, at 35th and Broadway on the dirt track. And it was uh, it was in October of 82. We were racing Ronnie Schumann for the championship in the Silver Crown car. And that first race, or the last race, the Silver Crown race, was the next week in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. And Ronnie and I got together, and I uh, took a ride. Uh, broke one broken shoulder blade, or scapula, or whatever, and one collarbone, or whatever's what. Broke 
broke one on each side. And so I was out for a little bit. And the race the next week at Nazareth got canceled because they were having permit problems because that's when they rebuilt Nazareth Speedway. And we wound up running that race on December 4th. And it was a nice day in Nazareth, Pennsylvania, and we wound up winning the championship. But, uh, yeah, we, we had turned over pretty good. and I had black eyes, but the whites were red. I mean, it's just normal stuff if you drive them things. You're going to get upside every now and then. Right. Jeff, I, I, allow me to paint this picture a little greater for you because Kenny Schrader's went through a lot in his life to be a star that he is. He walked in that little race shop, and, you know, the white around your eyes? Yeah was literally blood red both of them right you talk about a scary looking dude and he goes and schrader goes well wasn't that big a deal i didn't get upside down that hard <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it uh it at the actual time it seemed like a pretty big deal because i mean I've, I've had red eyes half a dozen times but i couldn't see that time <laughs> i mean they took yeah. my helmet off god <laughs> and I couldn't see anything. It was pitch black. And I'm. Uh, they asked me if I knew where I was, and I told them I knew. You know, of course I do. I'm an Escot, and they said no. And I said, Eldora, no. Granite City, no. And I said, Manzanita. And I, they said, yeah. And I said, well, I knew someplace you go fast because I didn't think it was ever going to quit turning over. <laughs> and... Uh, about halfway to the hospital, well, actually pulling out of the parking lot and the ambulance, all of a sudden it came on like an old TV. I could start seeing again. Oh, wow. All right, so you, you, you now you can see again, you're back, you've won, <laughs> done really well in the sprint car midget. Any other open wheel experiences before you head to the NASCAR world? No, in, uh, you know, things are rocking pretty good and, uh, well, it's about 1980. I decided if I really paid attention and really worked at this, I could maybe not have to go to work. So, just about figuring this might be a job is what you're saying, or uh, the might 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 be a job. <laughs> but uh, I had an opportunity to go ASA racing for uh, in a Ford. Uh, Siva Kings were going to help me. Ford Motor Company was going to help, and this is in 84, because we had just won the Sprint Car Championship Deer for, and I quit all my, I quit driving for the Fortune family from uh, Indiana, who had owned the midget, or the Sprint Car and Silver Crown Car we won in, and I gave up all my good good rides and uh, to go do this, and it all fell through. Uh, so I'm just kind of mishmashing around driving anything I could, but my, my good friends up forward, Michael, uh, Cranifus and Lee Morris, I bugged the hell out of them. And, uh, they got me an Elma Langley's car for a couple races, uh, because they're, I mean, it was kind of their deal that this was going to happen and then it didn't. And I'd quit my rides. I just kept bugging the heck out of them, and they got me an Elmo's car for five races, and I got hired uh, for the next year, and then kind of just found a home and stayed there. Well, that's amazing. So you were talking about beating up on Lee Morris and 
Michael Cranifus or whether that from Ford Motor Company. That was pretty early in. Uh, was there a lot of manufacturer support or participation back then? We hear about it today, but I was didn't even realize there was uh, manufacturer involvement with drivers back then. Well, they were gonna they were just started the Ford Motorsports program and everything, and they wanted to get in the grassroots deal, and it was. I was going to run an ASA car for them. Your brother Rusty and Kenny, you know, they had all kinds of good ASA notes. I mean, they'd been so, you know, good at it. Um, and I went up to Ray Dillon's and got me a car, and we're all geared up to go. And then everything that was supposed to happen kind of got messed up a little bit here and there, and we just aborted on the program. And that's when I kept bugging them, so... The, the support that they were given then, uh, you know, I mean, it was it was small, small numbers compared to now. But, uh, you know, it, it, it got me an Elmo's car. Yeah, that's that's way cool. I'm glad to hear that. So, and Elmo Langley was a, a race car driver, and you got in his car or an owner or whatever, and uh, you started your cup career. Let me back up a second. Open wheel racing. If you can pick out one or two, what you call memorable highlights, good or bad, of open wheel racing, what would they be? Well, Let's go for the highlight, just the best side of things. Oh, winning a couple of USAC championships was good. Uh, one biggest, big disappointment was this year, I guess it was June, I went to Seekonk, Massachusetts and run a midget in the uh, Boston Louie Classic Memorial Race, and we lost the damn thing. We had quick time and lost it by about a, two feet. So that was a big disappointment. So that's the only time I really ran a midget anymore, but we'll have to go back and try again next year. We run third two years ago, we run second this year. So, you know, it's not – there's no – you can win Daytona 500. Buddy Baker taught me this. You can win Daytona 500. And guess what? You got, I mean, you got to do stuff all week, you know, because it's a big deal. But Monday when you, or Friday when you go in the next track, it doesn't make any difference. You, you're starting at ground zero. So I guess when I quit someday, which I don't know when the heck that would be, you could think about all that stuff. But right now, I mean, we're going to Grant City, Illinois for our next race, and that's what we're worried about right now. Yeah, no, I just meant there's... You kind of been what I call moved on from your sprint car career, and I didn't know if there's one particular race in that era that, you know, that you won or you raced against somebody famous, and it's like, yeah, that was a pretty big deal there. But So we're moving forward, and we're going to take a break in a second, but we'll – you're moving forward. you got Elmo Langley's car, and how did those first few races in Elmo's car go? I mean, you're you, – like, you got to be a rookie in NASCAR racing at that time, right? I'm, 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 I'm a raw rookie mm -hmm. and, you know, but I drove for the Siva Kings from St. Louis. So I'd, I'd got to run a bigger stock car and some USAC races and stuff. And, uh, but we go to Nashville, July 84, the fairgrounds, it's hot. I'm in a three layer Indy car driving suit and we, I forget what we qualified, but we did. And we finished 19th, and they were all happy. And I told Ann, 
well, while we're driving to Terre Haute to run sprint car the next day, that I need to really try to make something happen there because I did a terrible job and they're happy. So if I could figure out what to do, I think I could make them happier. <laughs> yeah, the faster you go, the, the the better you place, the the more they like you. Absolutely. Yeah, but, I did. I, once I learned that, it really made a difference. <laughs> We're talking to Ken Schrader. We'll take a time out here and we'll come back. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the Crosley Speed Sports Studios. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. Today's guest, the one and only Ken Schrader. Mike, take us up to the NASCAR days. Well, Kenny, you were uh, you drove out with Langley's car, and we're gonna, as we mentioned earlier, we're going to run out of time on great stories here. But uh, after you got the opportunity in Langley's car, where where did you go next? You found out, you told Ann that you were going to, if you did a better job, you could make a career of this, and apparently you did. So where did you go from there? Well, we... Uh, we got hired by uh, Mr. Donlevy, and you, he was, how you know. Did, how, was did, a, how did you get hired? Did somebody call? you call? How'd that work? Uh, I have to say that Lee Morris and Michael Cranifus jumped in again. Okay. And, you know, we had done decent in almost car, and when I say decent, we had qualified, not hit anything, and not embarrassed ourselves. And Mr. Don Levy needed a ride. And I think uh, Lee and Michael told Mr. Mr. Don Levy they'd give him a little bit more help, which was, I mean, very, very small. If they would, if they'd, if he'd consider hiring me. So I got hired by there, uh, Mr. Don Levy. Three wonderful years there. And, uh, I mean, we, we just, I kind of, the first year we didn't have, we didn't have much sponsorship that we still didn't the second and third year, but it was, uh, Red Baron frozen pizza. It was more high profile, even though it wasn't a lot more money and we ran a little better. We got a poll, we got a couple top fives and we finished 10th in points and I got hired again. And you got hired again by? Uh, we, got hi- we got hired by uh, Mr. Hendrick. Oh, my gosh. Oh, there you go. I, mean, I mean, you know, you're, you know the Sh- Hendrick guy. Schrader, <laughs> you go from Elmo Langley to Junie Donlevy to Mr. Hendrick. Now, yeah, you, stuff you, was going pretty good. Yeah, that's that, pretty good. Pretty impressive right there. Give us a quick scan through the Hendrick world. Uh, started out, everything went well? Yeah, everything, everything was it was wonderful. What what a team. Now, it wasn't the super, super team that it is now. But uh, Tim Richmond won a ton of races in 25. He was replaced by Benny Parsons. Benny drove it in all of 87. I replaced Benny in 88. We finished fifth in points, won our first race. Back then, where was the first race win and cup win? I mean, that's a, that's huge, monumental. Where'd you win at? Uh, Talladega, which is a bad thing because your your brother Rusty called me that night. Uh, no cell phones, called me, 
home. He said, Hey, congratulations, this and that. You won your first race. Oh, it's so big and stuff. Uh, you won it at Talladega. So now you're in this group. You've won one friggin' race. And it's at Talladega. And I said, Ah, hell. <laughs> <laughs> the next year, we went at Charlotte and he calls me that night and says, Hey, you're not in that group anymore. I said, Well, thank you. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that group. It's just, you know, they got they got kind of glumped together there because just the way it worked out. Well, um, I tell you what, that that's a great group to get lumped into, and I would take that Talladega oh, yeah. win if that's the only oh, one yeah. I ever won. So you move on forward, and you get to well, you win at Charlotte, and things yeah, are going, went, man. Right? That's, that's Charlotte, uh, Atlanta, Dover, uh, but ninety. Four, we finished fourth in points. Ninety-five, we got the Budweiser sponsorship, and we uh, we just we didn't get ninety-five and six. wasn't very good. And Jeff was hauling butt, and uh, you know he'd come on the first year. He came on. They needed to roll back to follow him. The second year he was there. He won his first race. The third year he was there, he figured everything out, won championships, and we're just really struggling. And I did something no one else has done. I quit Hendrick Motorsports. You know, what's really weird is I kind of I remember that, and I could never at that point. You know, I we got to back up just for me to finish that. Ken Schrader in Schrader Racing gave Mike Wallace, a kid who grew up in St. Louis racing Lake Hill Speedway, his opportunity to race for Ken Schrader Racing. And we screwed up in one Daytona in the ARCA race. Right, That's, but you also told me you were hired by Ken Schrader and fired by Ken Schrader. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah sure. Should, wait, that's true, isn't it, Schrader? And, and he tells me that the win at uh, the ARCA race at Daytona came, down, came after an alcohol-influenced party that we went to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. it doesn't make any difference how you you know what caused it you still won the race yeah. but uh yeah so we'll go this is all about ken schrader today we can go into so i want to thank you right now to the world that you gave me the opportunity to win at daytona international speedway and i will forever be indebted to you for that thank you well i'll tell you what mikey uh i have seen you so many times at Daytona and Talladega go so fast and uh no matter whatever you were driving I mean you just you're good everywhere but what a restrictor plate knack you had for uh being able to draft and put yourself in the right position at the right time well I appreciate that thank you very much but let's get back to you quitting Hendrick Motorsports that doesn't even sound like it could be possible. Yeah, why would you do that? Fired, yes. Quitting, <laughs> no. So t- tell us what prompted you to, uh, to move on, because you still had a tremendous amount of career time left. I just, hey, things weren't going like I wanted, and we had one real bad day, and I called the boss and said I can't do it no more. And he said, uh, don't worry, I'll get it fixed. And I said, no, I cannot do it anymore. And I told him I wanted to do something else. Uh, and all my dirt cars right now are in the sale panel. You know, they all say Uh Text the boss last night. He texts back. 
Uh, he's a very, very good friend. I think the world of that family. Uh, I just had to do something different at the time. You know, hindsight, yeah, it was probably a big screw-up. But, I mean, it doesn't make any difference. I did it. Don't regret it. I, I went and drove for Andy Petrie for three years. We finished 10th in points the next year and, uh, you know, become very, very good friends with Andy and remained friends with Hendrick. So it, it seemed like the thing to do at the time. Yeah, yeah. The one thing, Jeff, that Ken Schrader has nationwide, literally anywhere that I go that knows Ken Schrader, he, you know, we used to call it a Rolodex, yeah, a sure. phone book. So in your phone right. today, he has probably got more friends around the United States than any race car driver I know. I mean, he, I hear these stories that he'll, you know, he'll butt dial them at midnight just for the heck of it, you know. <laughs> so uh, congratulations, Schrader, for all those people that you uh continue to impress and become friends with so you you end up running for andy petrie <clears throat> excuse me uh you guys create a great friendship you run pretty well there and then there's a few more steps in your career yeah well uh i wound up driving for mb2 which was the m&m's car because there was a couple of business opportunities that came with it and it was real close to the house it was based in concord uh, so, I mean, we, three years there, it was great. Enjoyed the heck of it. Uh, then we went to Beth Ann Morgenthau's for three years. Then I went to the Wood Brothers. Then I wound up at Frankie Stoddard's running a very limited schedule, uh, in, in a, not a start and park car by no means, but. We, we knew what our agenda was, which was basically go as fast as we could and not crash, but you knew you weren't going to go to, you know, weren't going to be competing for any real top tens or anything, but probably about as most fun as I've ever had driving for a team was for, uh, Frank and Heidi. That was just a good fun time. Race the best you can. No big pressure. I assume then, is that what you're saying? Right. Uh, but I did in 13, I'm walking around the garage area and I really wanted to run my dirt car more than that. And I got looking and there weren't any other 58 year old drivers. And I thought it might be a good time to go do something else. <laughs> well, everything you've done in your career, Schrader, you've done it wonderfully well. So you decided 58, you're looking through that. You don't see any other drivers that are 58. And um, what do you do? Look at yourself and go, man, I think I'll go do something else. Yeah, uh, just wanted to go play with my dirt car more. You know, I still ran some ARCA races and stuff. I got to I gotta tell you, we, we won a race last week down in Rome, Georgia. Uh, and a buddy of mine, Billy Taylor from Illinois, he, he texted me, congratulations, we're driving home. And I... I texted him back. I said, there was nobody there, but a bunch of high school kids. And then he texts me right back says, did you really think you're going to be racing with guys your age? <laughs> so, kind of a smart ass, but I got thinking about it. Damn. He was right. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually funny because my little brother, yeah, it is. <laughs> my little brother and you race a lot together, Kenny. And he, I was talking a couple weeks ago and he ran good somewhere. He said, and, one of the guys racing against him come up and says, 
Herm, for as old as you are, you're still running pretty good. And I says, <laughs> he meant O-L-E, not O-L-D. You know, old, old, yeah. old Kenny. <laughs> old, yeah. old Kenny Wallace. So, well, Schrader, you're, you're always the greatest at whatever you do. And I, I love everything that uh, we've done through our careers together and our families grew up early on. Where, where, where's Ken Schrader staying at today? I know you just seem like you're still continuing to race everywhere. What, what do you got on the agenda coming up? Well, uh, I'm going to, we're down a little bit this year because we did all the testing for the SRX uh, series and stuff. Had a lot of fun doing that with uh, Ray and that whole team he put together. Um, that was probably about 20 days altogether. Um, but I'm still going to, I'm still going to get in 63 or four races. Um, so I just do the same thing. I don't really, uh, still don't want to get a job. <laughs> yeah. You know what you should do? I've just thought about it you, you, because you're pretty close. Whatever your age is, Schrader, every year, that's the, that's the, the amount of races. races you need to run, <laughs> you know? So what are you? 58. I want to run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I want to run more races than that, Mikey. <laughs> oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so no, haven't, you know, Everybody says it's still fun. I said, damn, that's the problem. If it wasn't, I could quit, but mm. I'm still having fun. Yeah. Well, Kenny Schrader, I, I just want to deeply, deeply thank you for coming on and sharing the story again. We could talk forever. I know that uh, you've got other business commitments today, and uh, we've enjoyed this time uh, about just learning about your career. And hopefully one day we've, uh, we've done a good enough job, Jeff. Hopefully you'll come back on. I hope so. We'd love to, guys. Okay. And wish you continued success, Ken Schrader, and happiness, Ken Schrader. You've been listening yeah. to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley and NASCAR Digital Media. <laughs>